podcast land. You've set you down once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, episode 104. Holy smokes. My guest going, joining us, going 10 rounds Rhino a little bit later, is going to be one fighting championship flyweight contender, Jared the Monkey God Brooks. It is a crazy interview. It's awesome. What a nice, uh, cool guy. Interesting dude. Can't wait for you guys to check that one out. He's just coming off his big win uh, last weekend for 1FC. One, one um, our intro and schedule today is going to be as follows. We are back to our regularly scheduled time and day. I love it, Drea. This week's episode is going to have our coverage of Bellator 272 full UFC Vegas 44 breakdown. Drea's world famous drop of the night picks for UFC 269. Oh, that's going to be a good one. Q&A with the Rhino Gang and then the aforementioned 1FC flyweight Jared the Monkey God Brooks is the latest fighter to go 10 rounds with Rhino and he's a Michiganiac to boot which I love of course so without further ado let's get our swim trunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in Friday's Bellator 272 from the Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut um, the first fight we're going to cover is the Kai Kamaka versus John DeJesus Kai Kamaka our guy Rhino gang Got the unanimous decision in that one at 170 pounds. Moving into our another one of our Rhino Gang homies, Josh the Gentleman Hill, got the beautiful TKO over Jarris Grogan's straight right hand, cracked him, put him down and out. Way to go, Josh Hill! Awesome. Our Rhino Gang member who did not fare as well was our boy Manny Sanchez fighting Jeremy Kennedy. Kennedy was just a little bit faster, got to things a little bit quicker than Manny was able to. Uh, Jeremy got the UD in that one. Then in the main event, the 135-pound title was on the line. Sergio Pettis versus Kyoji Horiguchi. Kyoji Horiguchi was winning pretty much the entire fight. He was out striking. Everything was going well for him. And then out of the blue, uh, Pettis threw a kick, spin around, hit him with a clean spinning back fist, put Kyoji down and out, clean out. Big KO in for Sergio Pettis. And no, it was not a fluke. Because there was actual training footage, which is shout out to the gyms that do training footage because there was actual training footage of Sergio practicing that technique, the spinning, you know, um, off of the kick miss and then coming back around with the spinning back fist, landed right on Kyoji's jaw, put him down and out. Incredible win for Sergio Pettis. Wow. 272 actually was a really good card. Um on Friday night. We want to give a special mention to LFA 119, the main event. Our homie Jared, the Rebel Revel, Rhino Gang Gang Gang, had a very tough loss and a unanimous decision after five hard rounds with Josh Silveria. He's already their 205 pound champion, and Josh was moving down to be the champ champ, and he was able to pull off uh, the very tough win over our boy Jared, the Rebel Revel. But we think Jared Revel has put on a great showing for himself, and we can't wait to see what's next for you. Jared, keep your chin up, my dude. You did awesome. So let's move into a Vegas 44 breakdown, Dre. I know our first fight came from Louis Smolka versus Vince Morales. Uh, Louis had Vince in the plum, right? He landed a couple of knees. And then before they even had a full chance to break from the plum, Vince landed a beautiful, real quick right hook to Lewis's jaw. Had a, had a, he did the head bounce, you know what I mean, where he couldn't even put his hands out. He did the head bounce down. Big win, TKO in the first for Vince Morales over the very tough Louis Smolka. Moving into our second fight, we had Claudio Puelas versus Chris Gutzmacher. Gritzmacher, I should say. Uh, take, Claudio got the takedown early, had a lot of top control and some ground and pound. Gritz did some nice sprawling throughout the rest of the fight. Claudio did was able to take uh, Chris's back in the third. Slap on the RNC, got the submission in the third. I'm sorry, not the, not the RNC, come on. Uh, he put on the leg lock and got Chris Gutzmacher in the leg lock, got him out of there in the third round. Our next fight came at 205, and this was William Knight, the most 
built 205er I think I've ever seen in my life. We were talking about it in the group chat last night. He legit looks like a He-Man doll from the from those of us who are from the 80s. I mean, the guy is just built on top of built. And Alonzo Menafield is also a big, strong dude, but William Knight made him look like, you know, a full weight class below. Alonzo Menafield um, got hurt really bad in the first. Towards the end, you know, William Knight landed a big, big shot. Uh, Alonzo actually had a couple of nice uh, right hands as well, but it was a lot of Alonzo clay up against the cage, clinching, not doing a whole lot. Um, and then in the third round, William actually kind of had like a flurry towards the end. This was not the most exciting fight in the world, right? This was not the most um, high output of striking, uh, but the ones that landed were impressive. So I know it was very controversial, very close decision. William Knight did get the UD in that one. Um, yeah, not, not like I said, not the most exciting fight in the world, but it was what it was. So moving into our fourth fight, we had Mallory Martin versus Cheyenne Vismus. So have a very, very merry Vismus, <laughs> formerly <laughs> Cheyenne Vise. Um, Cheyenne in the first round was pretty close. Both ladies were landing a lot of good punches and kicks. Mallory Martin was seemed to be up to the task. And the second and the third, Cheyenne really pulled away. She was landing cleaner, harder, um, looked more confident, and was definitely the leader of the dance. So she got the name decision in that one for Cheyenne Vismus, formerly Cheyenne Buys. I'm sure there's a backstory to that. Don't really care too much about it. We'll move on. All right, on our fifth fight, we got our first member from the Rhino Gang. Uh, we have Bam Bam Barbarina versus Darian Weeks. Now, Darian Weeks is coming in on short notice making his UFC debut, and the young man put on a great fucking showing for himself. Uh, he had some nice takedowns. Uh, he was doing a good job moving forward. He was landing. Brian Barbarina was it almost looking like he was a little bit stunned at first. He wasn't able to get Darian out of there. But then once it turned into kind of a dogfight, right, where guys were both exchanging, Brian Barbarina, obviously that's his world. He did a great job of hurting Darian a few times. He started implementing those inside leg kicks that seemed to really hurt him. So this was a very close fight. I thought Darian Weeks did a great job. But uh, Brian Barbarina got the unanimous decision in that one. Um, that was our fifth fight. Moving into our sixth fight, we had Manal Kopp. Long, long time, uh, you know, big name overseas in various promotions versus Zaglas Zumagulov. This one was awesome. <laughs> okay. uh, Zaglas hit Manuel and hurt him early. And then right back, Manuel dropped him um, with a straight right hand. And then he kind of careened his way into the cage. And then Manuel Cop just literally threw like, I mean, I can't even know the number, but it was just a ton of just straight, really, really fast shots up against the cage. Uh, ZZ, as I call him, then dropped to his knees. TKO in the first from Manel Cape. I mean, what a great performance. Uh, he's back on track, I think, and he's going to be a problem at 125 moving forward. Moving into the feature prelim, we have Dusko Todorovic versus Maki Patolo, which I don't know if you guys know or not. Juice from the friendly sparring pod. That's his favorite nickname in the entire uh, World of MMA is Coconut Bombs. He, he's a huge fan of it. I think I've talked about it on the show before. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Dusko um, got the takedown on Maki, but Maki put on the guillotine and actually looked pretty tight for a minute, but Dusko stayed composed, worked his way through the guard, got up, got to release the pressure. Then uh, Dusko took the took the, took Maki Patolo's back and really started unloading. Uh, beautiful ground and pound. That got him the finish in the TKO in the first round over Maki Coconut Bombs Patolo. And I think we've probably seen the last of him in the UFC. Moving into our next fight, we had Alex Morono versus Mickey Gall. This one was an early three-piece from Morono, really seemed to get Mickey Gall's attention. I thought, and I think a lot of people thought that Mickey Gall was going to be shooting for a lot more takedowns than he did. Um, Morono even had a jab that dropped Mickey Gall, which was impressive. 
Um, it was a pretty even second round, pretty much all on the feet. Uh, it was a close, close third round as well, but I thought Morono looked uh, better at the end of it, right? So the damage was worn on Mickey Gall. Morono, uh, to me, clearly won unanimous decision. The judges also gave it to him as a UD as well. So big win for Alex Morono. Very cool story about his dad being able to travel probably for the last time. I don't know what health concerns are going on, but very cool to see Alex Morono uh, beat Mickey Gall in that one. Moving on to our next fight, Drea. We had Brendan Allen versus Chris Curtis. In the first round, Brendan Allen really tried to use his height and his reach, right? He was throwing that nice body kick. He was throwing jabs. Chris Curtis was exploding a few times. It wasn't really landing a whole lot. And then in the fucking second round, Chris throws that sick left hook to the body, followed by the right hook. Really hurts Brendan Allen. Uh, then he gets him, gets Gets close to him, lands two more knees. Brandon Allen is down and out. Beautiful win on short notice. Chris Curtis has two wins in just a few weeks. Wow. What a big fucking couple of months for Chris Curtis, man. Way to go, action, man. Um, big win for you over Brendan Allen at 185. Moving into our next fight, we had Leonardo Santos versus Clay Guida. In the first round, dude, Leonardo basically beat the shit out of Clay for most of the round. He landed that beautiful body kick, which seemed to take all the air out of Clay Guida and really, really hurt him. But as the fight wore on, dude, Leonardo just ran out of gas. In the second round, unbelievably, Clay slaps on the rear naked choke on the world champion jiu-jitsu fighter Leonardo Santos, sunk it in, got the rear naked choke in the second round. Big win for Clay Guida. We actually have a couple of questions about Clay Guida moving forward when we get to the Rhino Gang Q&A session. So big win for Clay Guida at 155 pounds. I believe that is his 700th fight in the UFC, Dre, if I'm not mistaken. Don't don't fact check me on <laughs> yeah. that, but I think, <laughs> I think it is. Uh, moving into what a fall, my gosh. Jamal, Sweet Dreams Hill, Rhino Gang, and Michiganiac. Versus, give me the crew, give me the crew, Jimmy crew. Um, a, a quick, a quick punch behind Jimmy's ear knocked him down very quickly early in the first. But he kind of established, you know, he got himself back in order, started going at it again, and then very quickly, then thereafter, another huge right hook. Holy crap! It hits Jimmy Crew right on the fucking jaw, puts him down and out. Jamal Hill inside of a minute, KO in the first. Wowza, that was quite. I think his arm is sealed. What do you think, Drea? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think I think he's doing all right. <laughs> okay, let's get into our co-main event. We had Rafael Fiziev versus Brad Quake Riddell. This was sort of a feeling out process in round one. Uh, the second business really picked up. Fiziev seemed to uh, start to get his range better. He was landing harder shots. Riddell was right in there in the thick of it. Riddell got a huge gash opened up on him. And then in the third round, man, they were going at it some more. And then a spinning wheel kick hit Brad Riddell. And basically knocked him out on his feet. I mean, he was dead to rights. He was out of it. He was in full zombie mode. And thankfully, Herb Dean stepped in before Rafael could go in there and kind of finish the job. Big win, TKO in the third for Rafael Fiziev over Brad Quake Riddell. Oh, and then let's get into the, the main event. <laughs> so this was rough for us <coughs> over here at the Rhino Gang because we just had Rob on a couple weeks ago. And what a... What an incredible performance that both guys put on. Let's put that out there from the beginning. Rob Font was landing more often, right? He was landing more kicks. He was landing more punches. He was moving really well. Just unfortunately for him, all of the big moments were Jose Aldo's, dude. And I love Jose Aldo, too. I always have. But I was really, really hoping for Rob Font to get this win on this one. It was a super back-and-forth fight. Both guys landing a ton of strikes, right? But the long story short is when 
when it was the big moments and the big, big shots or the big takedowns or the big leg kicks, it was Jose Aldo landing him. You know, I think Rob outlanded him totally by like 40 or 50 strikes. Don't quote me on that, but it's somewhere in that ballpark. But man, Jose Aldo had the big, you know, he dropped him at the end of the first round. And then he had a ton of top control in the third and the fourth. Um, you know, Rob was super tough and all heart and staying in it, landing a lot of jabs. But I mean, and then in the fifth, Jose tried the rear naked choke towards the end of the round. Just all the big moments, all the big rattles, all the big, you know, wobbles were from Jose Aldo hurting Rob Font. So, again, great fight. Both guys, Rob Font, fucking all hard, dude. He had a great performance, but Jose Aldo just had the bigger moments. So, Jose Aldo gets the unanimous decision in that one in our main event. All right, Dre, we have worked our way through the recaps of 272 from Bellator and Vegas 44 from the UFC. Let's go ahead and get into your world-famous Dre's Drop of the Night. All right. Well, last night had some great finishes, like you mentioned, but the one that had me screaming at the TV had to be Raphael Fazeev's KO over Brad Riddell. Uh, this was a great back and forth fight, and it was finished in spectac- spectacular fin- uh, fashion with a wheel kick to the chin uh, by Raphael Fazeev. Uh, the wheel kick had Riddell out on his feet, you know. And he started to throw another punch, but Herb Dean just stepped in to call the fight. So congratulations to Raphael Fiziev. You get my Dre's drop in the night. But I do have to mention the killer right hook KO by Sweet Dreams Jamal Hill over Jimmy Crute. I always love when uh, someone from the Rhino gang gets a killer win like that. Hells, yeah, I like that too, Dre. <laughs> so next week we got the huge, massive, unbelievable pay-per-view. It's the last pay-per-view of the year of 2021. We have UFC 269, so here's going to be our main card picks. I'm going to go ahead and be a gentleman this week and let our lady lead off. Who do you have for our first fight, which is Santiago Ponsonibio and Jeff Neal? Oh, wait a minute. Did Jeff Neal get pulled because of that DUI or DWI? Um, do we know well, about this? No, I still see it. On, well, okay. still on technology. Yeah, uh, that's what I saw too, but I didn't know if you had checked it today. Because, yeah, I Jeff Neal, unfortunately. It's still there as of today. So Right, because Jeff Neal uh, did get a DWI apparently. Um, I don't know if it was last weekend. It was recently. And so I don't, but I haven't seen him be pulled off anything. So right now we're going to go with he's still fighting. So what's your yeah. pick if him and Santiago Ponsonibio get after it? Um, I'm going with Jeff Neal uh, with a unanimous decision over Santiago. I, unfortunately for you, Drea, and pick an opposite. I've got Santiago Pontanibu by TKO in the third over Jeff Neal. Should that fight stay together? <laughs> All right, let's move into 135. I've got Sugar Sean O'Malley beating Rulian Paiva by clean KO in the second. Clean KO in the second for Sugar Sean. What about you? I'm going Sugar Sean with the TKO in the second. All right, uh, moving down to 125. And speaking of moving down, Cody Garbrandt moving down to 125. I've actually got Kai Kara France. I got Kai Kara France beating Cody Garbrandt by a TKO in the third. And I think a li- big part of it is going to be cardio. I think speed and cardio are going to be all on the on the uh, on the side of Kai Kara France. And I got him beating Cody Garbrandt TKO in the third. Andrea, you know I got to call my shot at least once. I'm going to say Cody's going to be tired. He's going to be standing in the middle. Cody's going to throw a wild right hook. Kai Car France is going to slip it, and then he's going to throw a huge knee to the body, which is going to put Cody Garbrandt down on the ground. TKO, Kai Car France. What about you? 
Okay, I'm going opposite of you on this one because you know I love my Cody Garbrandt. Um, I'm picking Cody Garbrandt via KO in round two. Holy smokes, we are total opposites he's on that one. <laughs> but I think, I think feature play, Andrea, I think on this next one, I think we're going to be definitely in cahoots. Okay. We've I got the 130... <laughs> We've got the 135 pound belt on the line Amanda Nunez versus Juliana Pena I've got KO in the first For Amanda Nunez over Juliana Pena Juliana Pena to me has no business being in there With Amanda Nunez Amanda Nunez is going to steamroll her uh, Pena's maybe will shoot a couple shots And Amanda's going to sprawl Get up and then knock her out So i got Amanda Nunez KO in the first Over Juliana Pena What say you feature play Andrea I am with you on the winner, but I'm going to give Juliana Pena at least a round <laughs> to get through there. So I'm going to I'm going to give Amanda Nunes the KO in round two. I, I, I think Pena might make it through the first round. And it's possible. I just I, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> Dude, now here's the fight. This is one of the honestly, this is one of the toughest fights to pick. I did not. We've had pick. all year. Not only do I really like both guys, right? I'm a huge Justin fan. I'm a huge Charles fan. Not only that, but what an interesting matchup. Like, what a pick em fight. I mean, they are both such incredible, incredibly talented fighters. But you got to pick one. You got to do your due diligence. I'm going to go with Dustin Poirier eking out a very squeaky clean close decision over Charles Oliveira. What about you? Man, this is a tough one for me, but I... I'm rooting for Oliveira on this one, um, and I think I think he's going to pull off a submission win in round four. Sub four for Oliveira over Pori for Dre. All right. Well, that will conclude our UFC 269 main card picks. So, Dre, let's go ahead and get to our Twitter questions. And our first one comes from our motorcycle riding madman, the Dean Dog. Dean Dog, what do you got this week, dude? I'm still shocked with Aldo's performance last night. He looked like he has the fire back. Do you think that he can make another run at the belt? Jose's power and cardio looked fantastic last night, dude. Rob Font, not, not only is he an incredible fighter, but he pushes a really hard pace. I think, I think in another time, you know what I mean? That, that maybe Jose could have come, but I'm telling you with Petra Jan, Piotr Jan is going to win the belt back from Sterling. I mean, there, there's Aljamain. There's just no way. I don't think, Aljamain Sterling beats Piotr Jan. So I think Piotr Jan's going to get the belt back. And then we all kind of saw the first time they fought, I think just like the first time they fought, Jan and Aldo, I see Jan winning again. Um, the landscape of 135 looks interesting right now. I think Petr Jan is, is head and shoulders above everybody. I really do. It's kind of like the... Um, it's kind of like the 125 with the women. I think Antonia, I'm not Antonia. I think Valentina Shevchenko is so far head and shoulders above everybody else that it doesn't matter kind of who's the next person up. Um, Jose Aldo looks great. He looked great last night. And I think he can beat literally every other person at 135. I just think Piotr Jan is too much for not only Jose Aldo, but everybody else in the division. He's going to get the belt back. And I think it's going to be a pretty hefty title reign at 135 for Piotr Jan. So, no, unfortunately, because I love Jose Aldo, I don't think he's uh, going to see gold again in his UFC career. But I think he has definitely the opportunity to win. Uh, at least a few more fights before he hangs them up. So great question, Dean Dog, and, and I just want to give a quick shout out to you and your family. We got some great news on your guys' front with the um, athletic offers. So I don't want to go too much detail into it, but we're we're all stoked for you, my dude. 
All right, so let's move into our next one. Comes from our homie, the Doc. Doc, what do you got this week, brother? If Dustin dethrones Charles next week, do you think he retires? I hope not, dude. And I don't, and I don't think so. I, I feel like even with all the wars that Dustin the Diamond Portier has had over the years, you know, the 34 pro fights, he, he's still only 32 years old. And, and again, it, it always seems to me like he has a major fire to compete. So if Dustin does win the belt, or even if he doesn't, I think we've still got at least three to four more diamond fights over the next couple to three years, right? I think Dustin Poirier is one of those guys who he sees the exit strategy, right? Like, I think he's making a lot of good business moves, not just with the hot sauce, but with all of his other business and, you know, adventures he has going on down in there in Louisiana and otherwise. But I do think while he has his exit strategy, I think he's a fighter's fighter. And I think he's going to go until he can no longer compete at the highest of the high level. So, yeah, I think win or lose, we see Dustin Poirier compete at least three or four more times over the next couple of years. So great question, Doc. Thank you so much, my dude. All right, let's get into our next one. Comes from our girl, APB. APB, who sent me a Christmas card last night. And it was so cute. Thank you so much, APB. What do you got this week, my friend? Do you think Clay Guida should shave his head? No way, APB. <laughs> Clay Guida's luscious lock. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dre, we'll give you the chance to answer after me. So for <laughs> me, it's no way. Clay's luscious locks are absolutely a part of him as a person, right? It's all part of his persona. It's, you know, it's the, he has his, I'm like the dude, man. I'm like the dude. I love that philosophy on life. He's a free spirit. He kind of likes to have as few responsibilities as possible. He's fishing all the time. He's always traveling. He likes to RV it. He's just one of those dudes, man. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the big Lebowski, but he, he loves to be like the dude, you know, the dude abides, man. <laughs> he's just kind of, he's just kind of that dude. So I fucking love Clay Guida. And I'd be super bummed if he ever cut his hair short and turned all corporate, man. So, yeah, I'm staying with, I think he should definitely keep his hair long. Now, Drea, it sounds like you have a difference of opinion. Feel free to share. <laughs> I do. And only because I, I love him with long hair. But the fact that his hairline is so far back and he's <laughs> at the back of his head as well. It's almost like, you know, just at this point, just get rid of it all. <laughs> I actually, All right, yeah, that, that's, that a valid, that's a valid, that's a valid, that's valid point. I know. I put a tweet out last night saying, "What are the odds that this ponytail does not stay in his <laughs> in his head through the fight? <laughs> like it's just it. He always ends with his hair all over the place, and um, he's missing half of it. So I think it might be time." All right, I can see your point on that. When there's a fellow <laughs> quasi receding hairline on one side of my head, I can kind of see what you're saying. So, yes, yeah. maybe he should, but I hope he keeps it because I like the longer. Hold on as long as you can, Clay. Um, <laughs> and so, APB, as we all know, when you write in a question, we love to give a shout out to Mama Sims. You can't be a wuss, Drea. And have a puss. Hells yeah. All right. I know our, uh, know our next one comes from our girl cakes, our roller derby aficionado cakes. What do you got this week? How impressed were we with Herb Dean with the stoppage for the co-main? I was glad he stepped in and didn't wait like usual. Well, very impressed. Of course. Yeah. Herb has a, uh, Herb has a reputation for being kind of a, if he dies, he dies kind of a, <laughs> but no, he did the absolute right thing by stepping in when he did. Brad Riddell was completely rocked, and he was he, he was so badly rocked that he was out on his feet. If Herb doesn't step in when he does, there may have been like a catastrophic 
repercussion to that, uh, to Riddell's long-term health, his career, and otherwise. So, yeah, definitely good on you, Herb Dean. You know what it reminded me of, Dre? I don't know if you ever saw Best of the Best 2, and I know some of the people out there definitely have seen it, but Tommy, uh, who's the fighter for the American, I believe there's Taekwondo, but they were fighting the South Korean team. The, mm-hmm. the guy who had accidentally killed his brother years earlier in the tournament, he mm-hmm. was out on his feet too, and all Tommy had to do with win was hit him again. But, like, he was going to try to kill him, right? So everyone's freaking out, like, no, don't hit him, don't do it, don't do it. And then, and then the other guy had, like, this beautiful speech at the end, like, to save a life, here's the true victory and all this stuff. I literally thought about that last yeah. night. I was like, fuck, man. I'm glad the physio did not have to make that call that Herb Dean made it for him. So, yes, I am definitely impressed with Herb Dean. That was the totally right move. Everybody, you know, let's let's lay off Herb Dean a little bit for being a shitty rep because you did a great job last night. So, Cakes, thank you very much. My friend. All right, let's go ahead and do our voice questions. Dre, our first one comes from who else? The big homie Jim Suit. Jim, what do you got this week, dude? What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? All right, Cleek, we the fight just finished. That sure as fuck sounded like a uh, I'm done kind of speech, didn't it? But uh, my quest for you this week, man, what's next for him? Four years old, fucking. That guy just gasped. The reason why he won. Like, come on, let's be realistic. But what do you think is next for Clay Guida? That's my question for you this week, buddy. Give it a great work. You know we love the show. You know it's always worth one, you kids. <clears throat> yeah, so selfishly, Jim, I'd love to see Clay Guida fight again. I love that guy. I've been watching him for forever. But you're absolutely right. If Leonardo's cardio holds up, they're probably, he would have beaten Clay Guida for sure. I think... The thanking of his parents and the brother, yeah, it did kind of have that I'm going to walk away vibe to it, but I think that was in preparation or if he lost, right? I think if he lost, we would have seen the gloves left in the cage. That would have been kind of that ceremony deal. Um, But I do think the fact that he won, he's kind of told himself, as long as I win, I can keep going, right? So if he is going to compete again, which I hope he does, um, I want them to give them like, you know, give him like a very competitive, like a 50-50 fight. And at looking at the rankings and looking at everybody's record and whatnot, I, I came up with Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman. Uh, he's, a, he's lost a couple in a row, but he's still a very good fighter. They're very similarly ranked. I think Hot Sauce is just a few uh, numbers below Clay. And I think that would be a fun, high-paced, high-energy fight, which is what Clay Guida likes. So for me, being a Clay Guida fan and you know wanting them to compete at least one or two more times, I hope that Clay Guida gets somebody like Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman and we could see him put on another good fight. And if he wins, maybe he stays. And if he loses, hopefully not in catastrophic fashion, and then can step away. And what a storied and incredible career for Clay Guida. So, Jim, thank you very much, my dude. All right, fam. I know our next one comes from the big homie Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod. Juice, what do you got this week, my dude? What's up, Rhino? This is Juice from the Friendly Sparring Podcast. Looking ahead to next week's fights, uh, we have some interesting fights on the early prelims. I want to turn your attention to Ryan Hall versus Derek Minner. I think this is a very interesting fight, kind of see where both guys are at. We obviously just saw Ryan Hall lose in devastating fashion to Ilya Tupuria. Looking at Derek Minner, some of his losses tend to come by submission, which is obviously... And Hall's bread and butter, but I think with Derek it has to do with A, getting tired and kind of I don't want to say giving up, but maybe leaving his neck in the wrong position, whereas Ryan Hall's game is more heel hooks and, and joint locks and things like that, so I don't I don't know, I, th- I think also, you know 
Ilya showed that someone who's savvy on the ground can sort of nullify Ryan's game and just beat the dog shit out of him, which seems to be what Derek does as well. What are your thoughts on this match? Yeah, homie, I'm also definitely leaning towards Derek Minner in that one. Uh, of course, for the reasons that you just mentioned, but look at the strength of the schedule and the frequency of how often they have fought in the last few years. Like both guys last several fights, they have, you know what? You're going to look at Ryan Hall. He beat, he beat Darren Elkins by UD. That was in like mid 2019, uh, late 2018. He beat BJ. Come on. We all know BJ was completely floundering in his career at that time. And then, like, uh, you know, in, in that same, what, what, he had another fight like three years before that, right? And then in that same time, you look at Derek Minner. He beat Terrence McKinney, TJ Laramie, Charles Rosa. Fought tough in losing efforts to both Darren Elkins and Grant Dawson. All that rolled up into one, dude. I think the frequency and the strength of schedule of fighting. I think Derek Minner, plus coming off Ryan Hall's last performance against Topuria. I, I got to go Derek Minner, dude. I think he's going to be able to shirk off all of the um, sub attempts from Ryan Hall. And I think he's going to fucking be able to ground and pound him. I think we're going to see a lot of scrambling, a lot of ground and pound by Derek Minner. So I'm giving him the UD in that one. That's my call for that one. So Jews, great question, my dude. So thank you very much. And again, guys, if you haven't already, of course, check out Juice and Lee with the friendly sparring pod. It is awesome. All right, our third voice question comes from our, another one of our homies from up in Canada Way, my dude, D-Crons. D-Crons, what do you got this week, my dude? Hey, Rhino, what's going on, my brother? Man, really fun card last night. <laughs> my picks did not go well, but it was awesome. That was a lot of fun. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on um, what's next for Guida. Uh, he looked pretty good, man. Uh, that was That was quite the fight. And um, I, I personally would have loved to have seen him, uh, Clay and Diego, go one more time. Uh, prayers up for Diego. Uh, I hope everything goes well, man. He's in a real fight right now. Anyway, love you guys. Cannot wait to listen to the show. Rhino Gang Gang. Yeah, homie, great call. Yeah, we'll preface everything by saying we hope that Diego Sanchez gets through this and gets out of it. It doesn't have any long-lasting uh, side effects. I hope that he, I hope he, get, he heals and gets through it, right? Um, I also would have loved to have seen Clay Guida versus Diego Sanchez too. Not like super recently, right? Because they're both pretty long in the tooth at this point, but maybe just a couple years after their first one, which was, of course, that was that barn burner. That was so awesome. I, I talked about it a little bit with Jim's question. I think that Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman would be the right kind of a fight for Clay Guida. I think that would be really competitive. And I think it makes complete sense ranking-wise at lightweight right now. So, yeah, I'm sticking with my previous uh, answer of Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman should be next for Clay Guida. So I'm definitely in on that one. So thank you so much, D. Kronz. Great question, my dude. And you know, if you end up getting that tattoo we were talking about last night, holy shit, they may have to become our... uh, they have to become our Twitter fucking Abby. <laughs> That'd be so awesome. So thank you again, D. Kronz. All right, Drea, before we get into our interview with Jared the Monkey God Brooks, here's a quick word from our sponsor, KR Designs. Hey, Rhino Gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? Well, look no further than my good friends at KR Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, 
any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Oh, everybody out there in podcast land, we've got ourselves another fantastic guest. We just watched them not even a whole week ago for the One Fighting Championship, 17-2. and two. One FC Flyway, the monkey god, Jared Books, is joining us today. Jared, thank you so much for taking the time today, sir. Oh, well, I appreciate you having me on the show, man. Heard a lot dude. of great things about it, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. Oh, dude, I really, really appreciate that. That's so fucking cool. So, Jared, the first round with 10 rounds of Rhino is always the same for the fighters. We love to hear the origin story. What's the background story, how you first got started in MMA, dude? Yeah, um, I pretty much was born into it. I, that's that's why uh, I pretty much use that like Bane Bane characteristic. I was born into darkness pretty much when it comes down to MMA. Just learned uh, learned a lot at a young age. You know, my dad pushed me into into upper echelons to try to uh, get where I am now. You know, so uh, but I did start when I was fourteen. My first MMA fight. Um, and then after that, I just, I kept on winning and then I went to my pro career. I've, I've had like 42 fights altogether right now, but yeah, I, uh, I, I was just influenced by like the Tito Ortiz's, the Kevin Randleman's, the, uh, Boss Rutens, you know, Frankie Edgar's stuff like that. That's awesome, it, dude. It <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's that's amazing. So, like I said on in the uh, intro, it's only been a little over a week since you had your huge main event win at 1FC over Lito Atwang uh, by Arm Triangle in the second. So, uh, can you kind of walk us through what a week after a big win is like for you? I mean, it's a lot of rest and relaxation. Is it going out and partying? Kind of what does that week after a win look 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 like look for you? Mm, it's, it's really just staying on the course. And just thinking that, you know, it really didn't even happen. You know, that's the way I think about it. I mean, I can see all of these things, but deep down inside, I'm just like, yeah, well, you know, I'm not really satisfied. Just got to keep on pushing and, and keep on, you know, grinding until I get into that into that mindset again to where I am the monkey god. But that's just a natural instinct. So not even like, uh, you, you know, it doesn't even take more than a day or two. You're kind of already back snapped back into the focus. It isn't, you know, like my, I'm a completely different person when I'm outside of the cage. So, um, you know, it's it's almost an alter ego when I'm fighting. So Do you have a oh very no, I, I totally understand what you're saying, dude. Do you have a clear cut idea of when you would like theoretically like to get back in the cage or do you want to take some time away? What's your kind of what's your kind of schedule or looking like for you on that one? I'm one of those per- people that you got to. If you push me into a situation, then, you know, I shine really hard. So uh, it doesn't matter when it is. 
I hope hopefully it's soon. It would be great to, you know, keep my name relevant while it is, you know, popping a little bit after a big win against Leto. But um yeah, I'm I'm excited for what the, the future brings. And uh if they wanna put me up against anybody in the the top two, let's get this title run popping. Hell yeah, dude. Now that actually is a great segue into the next question, which is like you're one of the very few fighters, not only today, but ever. You've got wins in the UFC, Bellator, 1FC, WSOF, Pancrase. I really feel like you really are one of those road warriors of just give me the contract, give me the name, and give me the day, and I will be there. Do you feel like you are like an exemplary example of that? I, you know, I'm a manager for a reason. My manager is the the biggest key into that statement because I will take a fight against anybody. I'll fight at any time. And, um, you know, a, a fight against me versus Israel Adesanya that might not go well for me, but I'll take it. And uh, that's why managers are in the business. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I love it. So I think a lot of us, uh, when they see the monkey god nickname, we all love it, but we're not sure as far as, like, where that came from or how you got it. Can you kind of run us through that story, dude? It's an ongoing story. <laughs> So you got to you got to keep on following it in order to get it after a while. You start to get it. OK, so if we're new to it, just got to stay tuned and then the whole story will be revealed to us in time. It isn't like a, a, a story that's, you know, it's a sto- ongoing story. OK, OK. Be, it's not even the, the, the start of the monkey god, bro. Oh, OK, OK. It's more. Of, it's more, Let's just say it's more of my alter ego. But like, um, like the reason why they call me Monkey God, you you'll see it in my fights. I mean, if if it if you haven't seen it, understand, dude. I think. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so you've like I said, you've uh you've been in Michigan for a pretty long time, dude. You uh, is that I mean, is Michigan home for you, or do you feel like um you know maybe it's you know at some point you may want to head somewhere else, but do you feel like. The state of Michigan is treating you right, and you're getting what you need here, and you plan on staying? I've I've made a lot of connections with a lot of great people over here, and that yeah, I do think Michigan is my home. Um, you know, I, my coach and I we're pretty much inseparable, so it's it's pretty hard to to drag me out of Michigan. But um, yeah, for like training camps for you know two weeks, I'll go anywhere. Awesome. Uh, now, you talked about your, your previous amateur career, which was extensive, of course, your 19 fights into your pro career. Obviously, we all evolve, right? We've evolved from the first time we step into a cage or a ring to the last time we did it. We And everything gets better. We sharpen up all the tools. If you had to pinpoint maybe one or two examples of where you feel like you have absolutely improved the most over the past, you know, 30, 40 fights you're talking about, where would you say those aspects are? I would say just just calming down and figuring out little by little what it's like to be in the octagon. You know. Okay, so more the mental aspect of it than the physical. It's not it's not really a, a physical aspect. Any fighter will tell you that it's not really. But when you, uh, I mean, you can get knocked out by a kick. Don't get me wrong, but you know the mind behind the kick is the reason why they get knocked out, especially when it comes down to the pro leagues. But. Awesome, dude. Uh, away from the cage fun, bro. What is what does Jared Brooks like to do when it's not time to train, when it's time just for some downtime to hang out? Are you a gamer, you an outdoorsman? What are some things you like to do away from uh, training in the cage, bro? 
I, I like to hang out with my friends, and uh, we like to freestyle rap. Really? Yeah, just like to freestyle rap and uh, just hang out and listen to music and pretty much just bullshit. Hell yeah, dude. Just a little down chill time. I would not have guessed the freestyle rap. The rap it, For me, I'm a horrible rapper. I can't put too, anything together as far as that goes, so that's badass. Um, We're not good say, either. We just like to do it. <laughs> I was going to say, is it the same crew every time? That you guys just the same four or five dudes that get together and just kind of stand in a circle and start spitting? There's a couple of uh, oddballs that come in, and out, but it's usually just uh, me and uh, my boy Justin Scoggins. He's uh, he's in the UFC as well. He's fighting for Ryzen. Very cool, dude. Uh, so this is this is one that most of my listeners absolutely look forward to and love, uh, Jared. There, this is the food question. This is something that. I know it's different for everybody, and some people like to just eat clean year-round. Some people really clean it up for training camp, and then post-fight, they kind of can indulge in a few things. Um, it, let's, you, know, you just had that big win uh, for 1FC just last weekend. Have you had anything that you kind of deprived yourself of, or not really? I never deprived myself of, of any kind of food. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm still in the hydrated weigh-ins, and I'm still making weight eating whatever I want. That's badass, dude. Can you give us an example of one of your favorite mainstays as far as uh, your favorite dishes go? Um, I would say it'd probably be like like heavy pasta, like a, like a panini pasta. Um, you know, Alfredo. Yeah, like a chicken Alfredo panini pasta. And then but that's just a night for me. My girlfriend's an amazing chef, so she can just cook up anything that I want, which I don't know what I want usually. So she just says, screw it and, and makes what she wants. But um, and it comes always, out fire. I bet, it, dude, it's always, it's always, it's always fire. And, that's uh, awesome. Then I smash like three peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, the jealousy over here is is definitely real, my man. I'm a heavyweight has to really try hard to just you know maintain so I can be all right. Man, I uh, need so, I need I need body fat, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so Jared, dude, we have careened our way into the tenth round. And the tenth round is the easiest round, round of what all of them all, bro. All you got to do is, if you wouldn't mind sharing your socials so we can all kind of keep tabs on you, we can follow you, we can get on board that monkey god train, man, and keep you. uh Keep tabs on you as we you move forward in your career. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Facebook at just uh, Jared Brooks at Jared Brooks uh, on Instagram and Twitter. It is at the underscore monkey God, uh, the underscore monkey God. But yeah, uh, check me out. Uh, I'll probably give you a follow back if you're cool enough. Absolutely, everybody. So give my man Jared Brooks a follow. Check him out at the One Fighting Championship. Uh, this guy is such an incredible uh, fighter to watch. I can't tell you if you guys haven't seen him. Absolutely check him out. Uh, Jared, again, uh, not only being a Michigan, fellow Michiganiac, but what an incredible, fun fighter to watch. We really appreciate you taking the time today, dude. Well, I appreciate you, Rhino. You're the man. Oh, thanks, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, guys, this is Jared, the monkey god, Brooks, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Man, Jared, thank you so much for taking the time out of the day, dude. Just coming off that big win in the main event over there at One FC, we are super stoked to see what happens for you. You were, you were, I mean, what an incredible fighter, great fucking guy, and thank you so much for taking the time today, my dude. So we want to give some shout-outs on our outros today to our homie Dean Dog, to our boy the Doc, to our girl APB, to the big homie Jim Asood. 
bunch of fucking casuals. <laughs> to Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod. To D. Kronz. To our girl Cakes. To some other members of the Rhino Game we want to shout out. To my man Mike Morgan. To our girl Brat. Ms. Fight Diva. Cyrus King. To our girl Ashley from the Slay Pod. We hope you're feeling better, doll. To our boy Chris from Unmatched MMA Pod. Marquise from Week Sauce Radio. All the ladies of the PRG. Uh, to everybody in the muted casuals, thank you for all the laughs every day. To my underdog MMA fam, Jason, Chrissy, Monica, Jillian, Katie, everybody over there. Thank you guys so much for all your help. Of course, to the Rhino Gang, GC, love you guys. To the feature play, Andrea. To D. Reigns, the best engineer in the biz. To Dave Fretz, the Einstein of Rev Design. Check him out on Twitter and Instagram. Look at the fucking poster that he did today for the Monkey God. I mean, you want to talk about incredible detail, super talented, and what a wonderful guy to boot. My man, Dave Fretz, thank you, sir. I hope everybody has a good week this week. Be kind. Reach out. We're getting towards the holiday season. Be kind. Reach out to somebody you haven't talked to in a while, whether it's a friend or a family member. Check out our Redbubble store. Get some merch for the holidays. Very cool stuff they have over there for Combat Sports with Rhino. As for always and forever, love is greater than hate, and we will see you next week. Yay!